Welcome back to Are You a Fan, where we explore individual characters from your favorite sci-fi, action, and fantasy genres. A big thank you to Moonbound Productions for supporting today's episode. If you would like to express your support, please like and share the show. Here's your hosts, Dick Rail and Joker. Yep, so I got another question for you this time. What you got, Joker? So if you could have any force power, what would it be? Oh man, that's a tough one. Uh, Cause I'm really torn between force, like grabbing things so and moving. Telekinesis. Telekinesis, or literally the mind trick, because they both appeal to me to my laziness. Yep. They don't even appeal to me like I would not become just some politician or world leader. I'd just probably never pay for fast food again. I'd say that and telekinesis, you don't have to get up to go get your food or to get your drink. You know, maybe I shouldn't have those powers. I'd become fatter than I already am. I can't see my toes. I don't know how much more of the ground I can't not see before I can't walk. Yeah, no, I had the same thoughts. Like, I kind of want telekinesis because then I could be lazy. And I thought the, the, the mind track is like, that pertains to being lazy too because you could get away with so much stuff. Because think about when you thought about the mind trick. It wasn't for power it wasn't to help people it was literally just to make life easier on oh yeah it was to just get through your daily drone it was yeah we had no grandiose like i'm gonna change the country i'm gonna never have to listen to a telemarketer again i'm gonna get that college loan deleted yeah we'd use that in the wrong way entirely oh entirely it wouldn't even be considered evil they'd be like i mean it's selfish but He's not exactly hurting anybody. Uh, we don't know what to do in this case, sir. Yep. Well, he's brown, so uh, I think we all know what to do in this case, officer. Okay, so I think we've uh, discovered that we're two uh, lazy piles of uh, garbage. Uh, let's, uh, fans, same question to you. What force power would you choose? You only get pick one, and I don't know, maybe achieve something great in life, unlike me and my fellow friend here joker yeah let's, let's hope you could you you could pick one to use it for better reasons than our laziness dude electricity you could just charge your phone anyway that's laziness again <laughs> laziness again oh, all right let's, let's move on to our topic luke skywalker cannon version sorry yeah. I, a, I forgot which one it was it was at the top of the paper, so I'm leaning over like, where is it written? Canon or Legends? What do we got here? Okay, so, Canon. This week is a part two continuation of last week, where this one we go over the changes after Disney bought Star Wars. And he actually has some fairly decent changes. Okay, uh, I guess um, get started on his... Uh, we'll kind of retouch the details of his life, you know, birth, death place of birth family we actually got a solid one on the death part that was the only thing disney did right by him actually gave him a time of death yeah so just showing up at some point as a ghost like you're dead apparently <laughs> okay so what we got here born in 19 bby and for those of you who did not see the last episode that is before battle of yavin we're still not cleaning that up at all even in the canon <laughs> Uh, he died 34 ABY. Uh, I don't know. On Octo. On Octo. Is that the planet? I'd yep. say? Huh. That was the name of the planet that he went and self excluded himself on. Or self exiled. Oh, because, yeah, uh, I forgot. He didn't actually die on the salt bleeding planet. Nope. He, uh, yeah, that was his. That was just a, that was just a force projection. Which, wow. Uh, place of birth, uh, Polis Massa, the uh, meteorite, I assume. Yep, still the same. Same space same station. And then uh, parents, Anakin Skywalker, Padme Amidala. Which, you know, kind of all already knew. But for those of you just tuning in, that is, yeah, those are his parents. Uh, par- okay, family, uh, Leia Organa, sister, Owen Lars, uncle, and uh, Baru. Baru Lars. I'm giving her the last name. I just, I like her having a last name. I mean, that's probably what it is. Just yeah. they never refer to as anything more. Yeah, but uh, Baru is his aunt who was married to Owen. Okay. So, unlike his Legends counterpart, uh, they actually, Disney went fairly in-depth on his uh, childhood on Tatooine. 
Um, so during during times of his early life on Tatooine, Luke would actually encounter Obi-Wan Kenobi on a total of three times before the events of A New Hope and Zero BBY. Um, though he would actually only remember and even know of one of these encounters, as one happened in 16 BBY when he was three, and a second would be in 11 BBY, and he was actually un- knocked unconscious before Kenobi could intervene. And that was during a... Uh, a dispute between some of Jabba's thugs and the Lars family. Ooh, I actually, uh, I think I saw something on that. Yeah, and Luke, as a kid, decided he wanted to try and be tough, and a toy that Kenobi had actually left, he, he was known for doing that in canon, he would leave like little spaceship toys and stuff for Luke. Try to plant those seeds. Yep. Um, but Luke took one of those toys and threw it at one of Jabba's thugs. Who then proceeded to smack him in the head and knock him unconscious. <laughs> I know I shouldn't be laughing at childhood endangerment, but he survived, so you know it's okay. Still, that uh, I mean, brave kid. Yeah, that's kind of what you want in your protagonist. Is you know, a brave clearly does not have the rationale of a normal person, kid. Yep. Because you know they're gonna probably be the ones willing to throw themselves into great danger later on. Oh, yeah, definitely. And Kenobi, while he wouldn't actively take part in Luke's life, he, he did, especially in canon, have that very much that protector role where he watched over their um, hut a lot. Like, he would be in the area of a lot of events in Luke's life while Luke may not have known about it. And even in the, um, even in the original The Legends, I can kind of, even though they don't really... You know, show we as can much. assume it's it similar. Kind of, it's kind of implied. It's, yeah. Even though they don't go into detail, it's why else is is Obi Wan there if not to protect this kid? That was literally the whole whole point of him being on Tatooine with Luke. Yeah. So he's not just there. gonna have no contact with that family. The things yep. are gonna happen. This is a dangerous galaxy we live in, and we have an empire that's barely able to keep us on the straight path. Well, you guys got to remember, this is a planet that wasn't even controlled by the Empire because it's oh, so yeah. far in the outer realm. They were controlled by the Huts, Wasn't that their yeah. region? That, yeah, that, so. It was literally their planet. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it makes sense that eventually Obi-Wan would have to step up and cut some hands off. Which he did not use the lightsaber, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was back and forth. He tried to use it as little as possible. Fair. You kind of got to keep that. Pretty sure a giant light sword. Oh, People yeah. are going to be like... I think that's one of the Jedi the uh, boss has been telling us has a high bounty. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll definitely talk more about that when we do Kenobi because he's actually got some interesting events while on Tatooine. Oh, heck yeah. Okay. Um, uh, but similar to, uh, to his legends, you know, his uncle did not want... He tried to suppress Luke's adventurous nature and wanting to leave the planet to where he also tried to... Con- keep Kenobi away to one help suppress all that and two he didn't want him to know about him I mean that completely makes sense um, he knows what happened cause does Owen know what happened with Anakin and Darth Vader no no cause even for a good portion of the time neither did Kenobi until it was it was during his time on Tatooine that he found out what happened uh. so no Lars as far as I know never uh, just Found out with most of the galaxy just that he died during the purge. I mean, uh, they might know more. I don't know much of their story, and I didn't go in depth for it for this. Nope, so. fair. Um, but I don't know. Hopefully, why was he so like? I get you know, family member died during the purge, and you don't want Luke. To go down the same path as Anakin? No, because you gotta look at the way he sees it. The Jedi just turned on the Republic. Because that was the story that the Emperor was giving everybody. The Jedi turned. You know, they wanted control of the galaxy. So he didn't want him. And, you know, all these Jedi just got murdered by the clones. So that he didn't want him to follow the same path and end up in the same spot. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Palpatine lied. That's not common knowledge in that galaxy. Yeah. Huh. Okay, yeah, no, I always... Sometimes it is hard to divide that line between reader and being like, why is nobody nobody knowing this or questioning? It's like, 
you gotta remember the people there wouldn't question it because they don't know all this behind the scenes stuff. Exactly. They didn't witness a cool fight between a little green dude and an old wrinkly man. Really sounds pretty lame when you word it like that. Really, really does. <laughs> all right. So on to the next part. Okay. In seven BBY, Luke and his friend Wendy. Am I? Yeah. Okay, cool. Him and his friend, Wendy, would decide to go out into the desert on their own. They would get caught in a sandstorm that would lead them to fall unconscious. Only to wake up to a crate dragon. Oh, God. After uh, saving them, Luke would ask who Kenobi was, only to be told he was uh, Ben Kenobi and an old friend of his father's. Yep, so this would be the first real time that Luke would know of Kenobi saving him and actually like really meet him. I mean, that's kind of cool. Kind of messed up that crate Dragon had to be involved. I've seen right. what those things look like. Those things are... And they, they definitely vary in their size and intensity, but they're, they're pretty nasty. They're pretty aggressive. Oh, like, yeah. Aren't those the ones that the Mandalorians have to kill to become a man? Like, to become no. the Mandalorian? Or is that something else? Their, their whole thing is a whole other thing, but that's a whole other animal, too. Oh, God. You do see a version of a crate Dragon in the Mandalorian. That was the big monster they fought with the Tuscans. Oh, F that. that. Uh, nope, nope. I check out. I don't want any part to do with that thing. But they're also not always quite that big, either. There are various versions of them. Some are a little smaller. Not by much, but some look more like Komodo dragons, just on a much larger scale. Anything anything my size or larger in animal form is a terrifying concept. Oh, yeah, it's me. definitely much larger than you, even on their smallest form. Okay, well, still, yeah, I'm not not okay. No, don't like it. They also look like they're mo- more mobile than a bear. Oh, yeah. And I already am not confident in my ability to fight a bear, so we're going to say no. Kind of cool, though, that the, when he did meet, I don't know, it's kind of cool they actually got to say thank you to Obi-Wan yep. in this scenario. And this is, that's where, you know, he got the whole, you know, in the movies when he says, you know, I wonder if he's talking about old Ben Kenobi. This is where he learned that name. It wasn't just a random one that... His father said. Yeah. Or his uncle said, yeah. It was one that he was told by, by Kenobi himself. Like, this is what you're going to call me because I'm not going by my real name anymore. Well, part of it. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like there's uh, Ben Kenobi. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we'll get more on that one when we talk about Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, we'll deal with that in a later episode. Uh, I guess moving on. So most of that was pretty much the most exciting parts of his childhood. Um, that was all obviously the pre-movies uh, or pre-episode four. We've kind of already skipped episode four at this point as well, because um, they don't really have anything hugely different than what we see in the movies on his story, and nothing quite as cool like you did in the Legends, where he stumbled across Hoth. Yeah. Um, so we immediately jump to in zero ABY, uh, Skywalker would run an errand for Admiral Akbar and go to the planet Rodia. During this mission, he would meet the Rodian Tenech. Sunta is what I'm going with. Tanich Sunta. I have no idea how to pronounce it. And again, they don't give ways to pronounce their names, which doesn't help. So, yeah, let's, I don't know, go with what you said or I said. I'm going to go, I'm at least going to keep with uh, Sunta. I like that. Because she would end up telling Luke a story about Anakin during the Clone War and would end up actually giving Luke um, her uncle's lightsaber. And it would be with this lightsaber what uh, Luke would first really start his practice using telekinesis. So he would actually end up getting, kind of seeing another lightsaber besides just his father's at this point. Which is kind of unique because the way they portray it in the movies, the only lightsabers he ever encounters... Was his and Obi-Wan's. Yeah, his and Obi-Wan's and... And, he, I guess he and yeah, seen his Vader. father, Vader, uh, Anakin's seen, technically. Which is his first one yep technically um but then he i guess you'd also see vader's during the death star but, but real tight in that three three person group real, yeah that, that's like, really because even up for the fans that's all we knew of at the time was just yeah, those three com- completely there was 
which I remember because I did a little bit of my own research because I like to be a little bit informed going into this about stuff I don't know anything about. And uh, they, I didn't see anything that outright says it, but, you know, he says he learned force telekinesis through after, you know, dealing with this lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a force ability, being able to grab an object and basically learn from it? No, telekinesis is the ability to be able to, like, manipulate it from a distance. Oh, no, 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 I know that. But, I mean, like, kind of the way he would learn, wouldn't it be, like, through that lightsaber kind of passing the knowledge of its previous master to him? No. No? No, I don't remember off the top of my head what that ability is where you see kind of the images, but that's a whole other ability, and that was actually a very rare ability. Because doesn't Ray have that ability? Yeah, she's one of the few. Okay, and again, that's a very rare ability. But uh, Luke does not have that. Because, yeah, currently in canon, there's only two Jedi that are known to have that, being Rey and Kyle Kestis from the Jedi Fallen Order game. Okay, good to know. Uh, yeah, and, what... they, and it doesn't really teach you anything. It just shows you images that the object has been around. Okay. So he just, I'm assuming at this point, just randomly decided to learn telekinesis? That well, that was probably one that he was already starting to kind of learn from Ben. During okay. the travels leading up to his death to the Death Star. True. It's just this would be the first time he'd really start to practice it heavily. Okay. Because, you know, he didn't have a lot of time to practice with Kenobi. Because, <laughs> you know, they had that trip to Alderaan. That was about it. Yeah, that's... So he didn't have a lot of time beforehand, but this is when he'd start using objects and, you know, using the former Jedi's lightsaber kind of fitting. Fair. No, 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 that, uh, yeah, okay, that makes sense now. Now I'm, I'm, back, I'm back with it, I'm back with it. Uh, shortly after this, Luke would enter his first Jedi temple on the planet, Devaron. Devaron. Devaron, after being attacked by Imperials. While on another mission, during his time in this temple, he would hear from Kenobi once more. And obviously besides the the bits that we see in the movies like during the trench run this is kind of the first time he really does hear from Kenobi and acknowledges that it's actually Kenobi talking to him oh shit okay which I think part of that is being on the temple it kind of amplified the the force a little bit for him kind of made it a little easier generally if I remember correctly anytime a character enters a temple in any of the mediums it does amplify their powers and give them basically like visions and yep. see things, pull things through time portals. Because <laughs> Star, because Star Wars is like, okay, let's mention that this is a thing, but we are not going into it. Yeah, we're gonna do this one time in this one show, and that's gonna be it. I respect them though for being like we're like this is a redcon. We are basically using this as a redcon, and it will never be used again. Yep, smart, smart on their part. Um, so, next point kind of goes into a, one of my favorite things I've seen online about Luke and Vader. Um, but during the next months, Luke would join Organa, Solo, and Chewbacca, and the pair of droids, R2 and C-3PO, on a mission to a factory on Simoon 1. Uh, this would be the first time Luke would actually face Darth Vader. He would refuse to listen to the voice of Kenobi, who was telling him to run, knowing he could not do anything against Vader. Um, you know, Luke being stubborn as he was, he would refuse to listen to the voice of Kenobi, um, as he wanted to strike down the man who killed his father and his friend. Cause you know, at this point he still believed that Vader killed Anakin. True. He believes he's a completely separate entity than Anakin. Yep. Um, he would only end up being saved by Han Solo who would actually crash an, uh, at AT through the factory wall. Damn. Yeah. That's a large machine too. Yep. Um, but during this fight, it took place in the Marvel Comics uh, Star Wars number two in 2015. Um, when Luke would face Vader, he would say, You killed my father to only get in response. I've killed very many fathers. You'll have to be more specific. Proceed. Or is it my turn to proceed? <laughs> Sometime after this, Luke would head back to Tatooine to Kenobi's home, wanting to find out more about who he was. He would find the hut being pillaged by Tusken Raiders, who would then flee at Luke, activating his saber, immediately probably getting flashbacks to what happens when that occurs. 
Yeah, because that's another one, again, we'll talk about with Kenobi because he had some moments with some Tuscans. Oh, that's great. Hopefully the kids and the women made it out. <laughs> While ransacking Kenobi's old hut himself, he would come across a box addressed to Skywalker. Before being able to find out what uh, was in the box, he was attacked by Boba Fett, who was hired by Vader to find the rebel pilot who destroyed the Death Star. After surviving his fight, thanks to the help of R2, he would flee the planet, being able to read some Kenobi's journals. He would find passages involving young Luke. R2 would save Luke during this as Luke struggled against uh, Fett almost being killed by his own saber. R2 would toss Kenobi's box at Fett's head. What I love about that part is, because I had heard about this event, yeah. And there was no part of my brain that thought like, well, you know, um, fucking R2 just played support. I literally, when I first heard about it, I'm like, I'm like, so R2 won that and Luke was kind of just there. Pretty much, yeah. I'm glad to get some confirmation on that headcanon. Yeah, there was, uh, from what I remember of the fight, there was a couple of flashbang explosives. Um, it was a pretty big struggle, actually. It was pretty interesting to, to look at. And uh, to do a little bit of reading on it was I could see one that, that I, I really kind of want to go find this comic and actually read it. Fair, fair. We got that list keeps growing. Oh, it does. <laughs> Every time we do an episode, it's another comic. Yeah. But yeah, this was one of the first times uh, Luke would actually go back to Tatooine for his own answers at Kenobi's home. Fair. Uh, but yeah, that, this is definitely one of those because something about him being attacked by Boba. That was just kind of something you don't see very often in comics. You really in don't. In Star Wars, so you really I, had to, I had to add that in because I thought that was kind of cool. Which is, it is a pretty awesome thing. Like, I heard a little bit about it, but, like, everything I ever read on or, like, is passing when they mention it is always kind of an offhand. Like, Luke would face down Boba, and R2-D2 would also, in fact, uh, win that fight for him. Moving on, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Right, it's like oh, no, need- you're missing something really cool and a whole lot of really awesome story. I'm like, I need a little bit more information in that. You're telling me like, like Luke won it, right? And they're like, Yeah, sure, we'll sure. go with that. We'll go with that. I'm like, that's not. I mean, he survived, so he won. Yeah, I'm like, no, no, no. I need to know that the little round droid. He didn't win that fight, did he? It's like, <laughs> that's not a no. I didn't <laughs> right answer the question. Why is nobody answering? But yes, no. <laughs> Moving on, I guess. That's just something I'm glad was I got some confirmation. You got some answers for. Yep. Um, okay, I'm going to let you take over now. So, sometime before he'd make it to Hoth, Luke and Leia and some other rebels would actually help some partisans that followed Saw Gerrera on the moon of, of Jeddah, where the Empire tried to continue their mining operation of kyber crystals. So, yeah, they kind of reopened that whole mining thing that you see in Rogue One. Yeah. And it would be so- the rest of Sagarera's forces that used to follow him, and then the few of the rebels and Luke and Leia. Huh. That would kind of continue the fight. It was, a, it was a long story that I had condensed into a very, very small point. Yeah, okay, fair, Just because I thought it was kind of cool that Luke made it to that planet where you saw, like we see in the movie, there was a temple there at one point. Very much so. And at this point, though... It, is literally in ruins after that slight Death Star attack. The, the little testing. <laughs> yeah, that, that is just that is just crater city. That's gotta. So it makes me wonder where they're mining the rest of the crystals from. Was it another part of the planet? I mean, thinking on how plants work in Star Wars, I could see their crystals just kind of being strewn throughout the entire core and crust of the planet. Well, it was just one of those, like, you're not getting it from that crater no more, most likely. No, 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 no. You are definitely... So have to, like, be on a whole other part of the planet or even just a little bit off to the side of the crater. I was going to say, you might find some fragments kind of just spread out from that right. basically nuke nuclear explosion that takes place. I mean, because they had to... They had to mine more crystals, you know, to build the second Death Star. And I'm assuming just the way planets work that, yeah, they. I'm assuming that's just a planet of kyber crystals. Most likely. Just because the planets here seem to be very, this is a desert planet. What about the water? We didn't say that. Right. Or this is a water planet. Is there land? 
What is wrong with this guy? Why is he not getting it? We have water. We have sand. We have jungle. What is not to understand about the plants? I don't know how an ecosystem works. I come from Earth. You mean dirt? And, you know, they don't like the desert plants because, you know, it gets everywhere. <laughs> oh, God, no. Don't, don't remind me. <laughs> moving on. We're moving on. Uh, fun fact about uh, his time on Hop. Mark Hamill, who portrayed Luke in movies, was in a car accident in June 1977, which would lead to rumors that the Wampa scene was created to help explain his scars. Oh, though Star Wars creator George Lucas states this wasn't the case, it works though. Yeah, that's kind of what it ended up being from Luke is like, it wasn't the plan of or the purpose of that scene. It just kind of worked with the scene. Yeah, completely. But yeah, that was a huge, I don't want to say controversy. It's just a very big talking point that a lot of people assumed his that whole scene was to explain the scars he got from his accident and his surgery and honestly i can see it i can also i mean you'd be amazed how many times just accidents occur and you just it's set up perfectly yep like you like yeah they didn't need to change anything oh my god you, you got your scars on your face that cool will, we don't have to you know, do yeah. any effects call makeup tell them that tell them that we're cutting their hours now get in that wampa. <laughs> so after his time on Hoth, and when you see them all evacuating the planet from the movies, um, Luke would go and search for Master Yoda like he was told to by Kenobi. Uh, while there's never really been a timeline of his time in Dagobah, uh, it is estimated by the fan base that he would le- that Luke would spend anywhere from two weeks up to six months with Yoda the first time before heading off to save his friends from his father on Cloud City. Because all you really get is the few cut scenes in between all the stuff going on with Luke, uh, Han and Leia and their travel, they're running from the Empire and True. their time on Cloud City. So it's like assuming based on all of that, it's probably closer to the six months option because that's a lot of travel and no no hyperspace jumping. Ooh, yeah, yeah. They never really like anywhere in any of the books anything. Even as far as I know, in Legends, they never actually gave a timeline. You just kind of left to guess. You know, as much as I want to argue and be upset about it, uh, you as one of my D&D players know that I have no real ground to stand on while being upset at that concept. That's a whole nother can of worms, though. But, like, yeah, the time... I get it can be difficult, but if you're going to write a whole franchise, though. And you would think that after... What, the 42 years Star Wars has been a thing? Somebody, this, somebody would have confirmed a time period. You would think, right? I mean, they've in, already... In that kind of time amount, or that amount of time of having the franchise, you would assume. You One would assume, especially some of the other random things that fans will find out. Yeah. I mean, I got no examples off the top of my head, but some of the things that they have discovered... In that amount of time, it's like, dude, if you put a fraction of that effort into figuring out this timeline. Like, even just telling us, you don't have to go into detail about it. Just be like, yeah, it took him, he was there for four months. Yep. That's, that's all we want. It's all we need. Yeah, we don't need to know everything he did in those four months. Just give us four months. Something. <sighs> I blame the writers. Luke, uh, Luke's first touch with the dark side would be after the Falcon made its jump to the Rebellion's rendezvous. Oh, rendezvous. It must be Italian. <laughs> Randy. <laughs> uh, rende- rendezvous after Cloud City, where they would engage the Empire, and he would try to use the belly, belly turret of the ship... Uh, but due to his injury, he wouldn't, uh, or no, due to his injury, he couldn't, which frustrated him to a point he would tap into the dark side and cause a pair of TIE fighters to crash into each other. Oh, yeah. If he got so angry because, you know, losing a hand, yeah. he can't use the turret no more. And yeah, it frustrated him. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> God damn it, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I hope he didn't oh. do it with his right hand. <laughs> I mean, you know, at that, like at that point, you got to switch it up, I guess. You don't have a choice. Yeah, don't re- no real option. Especially because I didn't use that robotic one afterwards. Oh, no. <laughs> of course, I mean, could you get different attachments? When you think about it, that might be amazing. If they had, you know, made his hand a little different, they probably could have. But since they tried to make it as normal as possible, Anakin there was did. no... Head cannon. Anakin kept his woman happy. Because that hand was not designed to look real. That looked detachable. That looked yeah, like there was some... We're definitely uh... not adding this in. <laughs> but yeah, he, he got so angry. Like, he just... He, the He used the force and, like, it would just... He'd grab onto two of the fighters that were chasing them, and he'd just, like, slammed them into each other. Jeez. Which kind of showed his early strength in the Force. Yeah, no. At this point, even with his time with Yoda, he didn't have a lot of training and a lot of formal training. No, and the guy could barely lift an X-Wing. Yeah. Well, he couldn't. Oh, yeah, he straight up couldn't. (laughs) Oh, man, he was... It's amazing when you watch, though, what Luke went through and what Luke's abilities were from the get-go. Oh, yeah. Versus what you see some of the Jedi do in the prequels. Like, wow. Those guys were beasts. It's always amazing. The Chosen Ones are actually, I've noticed, never really that powerful at the get-go. Oh, no, no, they're definitely not. Like, they're not even, like, they're not even, like, powerful in the sense of, like, you'd look at them and be like, oh, yeah, of course they're... Like a Je- like they are the they'd be failing class right now in the yeah. Jedi Order, but because they're literally there's nobody else around, this person looks like a god. Yep. Which I mean, he definitely had the potential, but that was kind of the big thing. Like when people complain about the the lightsaber fights, the differences between all the trilogies, it just showed the differences in trainings that these people got. Oh, completely. Like, that was a, a big argument about the, the prequels. Like, yeah, they're all flashy and all over the place, but that was showing the prime of a Jedi ability. Yeah, that was... Where Luke and Vader's fights were... They were showing that he had no training, and he was just kind of winging one, it. One had no training. One dude was half mech suit and could barely bend at the hip. Well, but he was also, as they've worked on in canon... He was toying with Luke. Oh yeah, yeah. Because he was Vader was that powerhouse of a of a lightsaber duelist. True. Like he he was a Jedi murderer. True. And he was literally toying with Luke because he wanted to capture him. True. True. That is I. I always do forget about that. I forget that he was just messing with him. Yep. Because yeah, no Luke's training. There is like nothing there. And yeah, in the prequels we get to see. As much as much as you want to talk smack about the prequels, some awesome fight scenes have taken that was the place. Best part about the prequels, yeah. Like you watch this, you watch the original trilogy, and you're like, honestly, going back and watching the original trilogy, I'm like, I had to confirm, I'm like, I'm only here for story and like some slight sci-fi puns, right? But I need action. I got Yoda over here. Oh yeah. <laughs> Okay, I guess moving on now. Yeah, so as we slightly touched um, about his fight with Darth Vader on Cloud City, um, after losing his light, uh, Anakin's lightsaber during that duel, uh, he would actually begin the process of building a new one, which using the journals of Kenobi, um, some parts were easy to find or purchase, others would be harder to find. The last parts, he would actually have to lead, go back to Kenobi's hut on Tatooine once again, um, there he would find the last of what he needed, including a kyber crystal, which there are fan theories because it has been said that Kenobi kept Qui-Gon's lightsaber after his death on Naboo. Um, so there are fan theories that that green crystal is actually Qui-Gon's crystal from his lightsaber, which I love. <laughs> and like, that is one that I've never found a confirmation on, but until I do, it is Qui-Gon's as far crystal. as I'm concerned, because if they're not denying it, that's not a no. Because as far as I know, there's never been a confirmation of where he got the crystal from. Until we know for a fact. He got it from Qui-Gon's. That's it, and I'm... That's what I believe. Which I, believe. I also feel like is fitting. And it also makes the most sense, because he went back to Kenobi's hut, which we already know that 
unlike what happens usually with the Jedi sabers after they, their death, we know Kenobi kept it as his keepsake of yeah. his master. And so it just was really fitting that he would continue the use of Kenobi's Kenobi's mentor and just keep his saber in use. And I like that. I like that concept. It also just seems it seems fitting for what Qui-Gon was. But kind of going with him using Kenobi's journals to help build his lightsaber, that's why it's kind of reminiscent of Kenobi's old um, saber hilt. Is it's very similar in their designs oh. because he kind of took the plans from Kenobi's journals. Kind of makes sense, you know. Uh, we don't have a ship devoted to lightsaber handles. In Not anymore. <laughs> nope, the Empire kind of made sure that wasn't going to be a thing. Okay, uh, moving on. Uh, the next time Luke would uh, tap into the dark side was when he would go to rescue Han from Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, where from the James Conn novelization of Return of the Jedi, it would be confirmed that he would use the same ability his father would be known for, especially as Darth Vader. So Luke raised his, raised his hand and pointed at the gods. Before either could draw a weapon, they would both clutch their own throats, choking, gasping. They fall to their knees. That was much better. Book reading material right here. As long as I get to do an accent, because that's the only way I can read a sentence correctly. Uh, but this uh, this would also be debated that it may have just been, you know, Jedi mind trick. I don't buy it. I think that's just people not wanting to accept that he was using the dark side. Which is mind-boggling, because we all love Mace Windu, and that guy's abilities were mostly dark side abilities. When you get into his... Outside of movies, yes. Yes. But in the movies, he like, really didn't do anything. Uh, he really uh, did. Yeah, no, he really didn't do anything in the movies. Like he, he has a little bit of lightsaber fighting too, and a little bit in three. That was it. Yep. I'll. Yep. Yep. But in the canon, in the and I think legends. a lot of, but I also think a lot of this debate was back when. Oh, back when the movies were first. Yeah, and people weren't wanting to accept that their big hero was going dark, and nope. risk and thinking that he's gonna change sides like his dad did. Which honestly, given the time period and given the movies, that was one heck of a great twist. Oh yeah. Like showing him be enticed by the dark side. Oh and yeah. And just, you know, show that like bit of white underneath his thing being like, nah. Cause yeah, you could definitely see it in especially in the throne room fight, that he was very, very close to just being like his father and going full dark. Oh yeah. Like, he he tapped very heavily into it at that point. It comes back though, and I think it yeah. No, he that was a solid twist for a sci-fi movie, especially at the time. Oh, yeah. Nowadays, subpar, but back then, that was... Nowadays, a... that's pretty normal. Yeah. Nowadays, plot twists, like... Eh. You have to have some serious stuff for a plot twist. Right? Otherwise, it's just more of just a, was an inconvenience in the film, and you're like, why did we waste 20 minutes on that scene? Yep. Okay. So now we're moving on to his kind of between the trilogies. Oh. So it's his after the original trilogy movies. Um, not long after the Battle of Endor, Luke would travel to the planet Pilio, where he would actually encounter an Imperial troops again. Um, he would cut through dozens of Imperial troops at the sound of cries for help. He would come across a member of an Imperial Special Forces unit, Del Miko, of Inferno Squad. Um, this would actually be shown in the main campaign of EA's Battlefront 2 game. Oh, what? Yeah, it actually had a, a decent story, kind of. Okay. Um, some of it was pretty interesting. That's cool. Um, so yeah. during this, when he met uh, Dell, he would help him out despite being on opposite sides. Dell would question Luke why he helped him, and Luke simple, simply responded, "Because you asked." <laughs> um, Luke like and Dell would work together uh, to survive the planet's natural inhabitants because you know the Empire was pissing them off. Of course. Just by being there. Like, it wasn't even anything they were doing. They were just there. And the natural insects and animals, they were not happy about it. I mean, when have they ever? Well, these are also just like the normal animals that the Empire's not really messing with. 
They're not really doing anything to them. Um, Animals be aggressive, man, especially bugs and lizards and stuff. Oh, they yeah. come at you. But also, I think part of it would be because, so while they were there, they would later run into a vault, which is one of Emperor Palpatine's many vaults throughout the galaxy. So it was probably a little bit of that residual dark side that was pissing off the planet, in all honesty. Ooh, I could actually really see that. And, uh... um, it would actually be in this vault that Luke would find a Jedi Star Compass, which is similar to the Sith Wayfinder from Episode Nine. Oh. Uh, this compass would actually have the route that led him to Octo. And you can actually, in the background of the hut in Octo in the move in Last Jedi, you can actually see the compass in the background. Oh, damn. And a fun fact, it was actually Dave Filoni who created the compass, who designed it. Really? Yeah. I found that one out when researching this. I might have to go back and rewatch those movies. Yeah, it's a very quick, fleeting scene. I think it's one of the early ones when, like, uh, Chewie busted in the door. Okay. I think, it, I think it was one of those. Okay. Like, unless you're looking for it and you know it's there, you'll never see it. Huh, I'd still be down. Go be rewatch them. I like the I like the uh, I like the sequels. They, they definitely few had scenes, their moments. Few scenes. I'll fast forward. Oh past. Yeah. I'm not gonna deny. They, they, they definitely s- had some good parts. Obviously, had some bad parts, but same time though, all the trilogies I, did. To be honest, same time though, yeah, all of them did. Like even the prequels, there are some scenes that I'm willing to fast forward through. Oh just, yeah, heck, most oh, that of freaking dinner scene. Oh, I can't. I say most of episode one, most of episode two. Yeah. Just because, while I understand the purpose of them being so slow, they were slow. They were slow, and uh, that dinner scene with him and Padme, I can't. I, my anxiety flares up every time that scene is on. I'm just like, oh, no, 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 no. Can't, oh, too awkward, too awkward. Okay, um, uh, let's move it on. In 5ABY. Three months after Endor, Luke would uh, re- Luke would recover the last fragment of the Force Tree that once resided at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant on the planet Ven- Ventin? Ventine? I don't know. Ventine. But uh, Force Tree, I didn't know that was a thing. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's more of the one you see in the cartoon series, you know, in their kind of oh. main garden in the, the yeah. pre... I don't in, really know what to call that area. We but, had a name for it in high school. And we, I know what the word is. I just can't think of it. But it's like the main, the commons. Yes, commons. The main commons you see in that episode where Yoda learns about the whole manifestation after death. Because mm. it's where he sees, he has that vision of him, Qui-Gon, and Dooku all in the commons together. That was the tree you can kind of see in the background. Okay, okay. It's never something that is hugely put into any story that I know of, but I also don't know a lot of the Star Wars stories, so it's possible it's a little more important than we know. You'd be amazed how often you may think you know about a story, and then you find out there's just some obscure comic or book that's been going on that affects the entire structure of that reality you've been reading. Yeah, from what I read, it was actually... Like a lot of things dealing with the temple, Palpatine had actually removed the tree and kind of spread it from what it sounded like. So this would be the one piece of the tree that could be found again. So, you know, once again, villains are dumb. Um, Launch it into a sun, a star. I just, Uh, I feel like you're setting yourself up for... He may have also been using it to do experiments with the Force. Knowing Palpatine uh, and his ways with Sith alchemy. Okay, actually, that is understandable. So it was probably in a vast, a vast number of other vaults. That makes actually logical sense. So and knowing I will, Palpatine, I could definitely see him doing that. I could completely see it. He was obsessed with the uh, cons- with manipulating the Force clones and being able to create a clone that could actually wield said Force. Yep. So those would be great things to experiment on and use in those experiments. Okay, I concede my original irritation (laughs) with it. Moving on. Um, So at the official end of the Galactic Civil War in 5 ABY, Luke would, would participate in the Battle of Jakku, which actually had a whole trilogy of books written about. And I don't... I'd really wish I'd went and found the quote but there was some quote that from uh, Imperial that really over exaggerated um, Luke's participation in this battle 
Really? Where he was essentially saying that Luke was taking down Star Destroyers, just floating through space, jumping from destroyer to destroyer, just blowing them up on his way, deflecting the turbo laser bolts. It, it was a vast exaggeration, <laughs> but it was fun to read. A majorly vast exaggeration. But I could see how you you might exaggerate that. I mean, especially, I think, at this point in the timeline, Luke had become that legendary status icon as he killed the Emperor. He was on the Death Star when it blew up, as far as they knew. And he somehow survived the destruction. You know, oddly enough, as uh, somebody who likes history and war stories and stuff, this is actually probably the most accurate thing to parallel our real world war stories like some yeah. of the things you hear about in our own wars like the white ghost or the witches of of uh of england or the uh, white the white women in that in the tuscan raid like these legends do happen like they're badasses but the enemy will definitely make them way more than way they more are. than they actually were oh yeah but at the same time nobody's caught them so yeah it's one of those you want to go to the enemy like you realize they're just a human it's like I mean, another good example of it is in the movie Braveheart when they're talking mm. about him. Yep, William. as they're going through his little montage of him going through different parts of the country. Fireballs from my ass. Wrong movie, but <laughs> um, okay. In five ABY, Luke would start his journey to start his new Jedi Order. To do this, he would search the galaxy in search of what remained of the formed Jedi. Or former Jedi, I should say. So, kind of unlike the Legends version where it took Palpatine returning for him to ever actually decide to start doing it. He just kind of, once the Civil War was done, he's like, we're going to start the Order now. I mean, why not, really? I mean, it took him a lot less time this time around. Yeah, like, uh, you're... You kind of were, he was kind of set up to do it, so exactly why not just go do it? The universe has its has its ways, has its ways, and also, I like unless Palpatine does straight up show up, calm down, go start your school. I mean, we see in canon the first time Palpatine really comes back, yeah, so at this point, he was already like. We need to go ahead and start restart the order. I want to get more Jedi back into the galaxy. And it just didn't take something crazy to get him to start this time. Which I'm glad, because that seems more realistic. I mean, they both fit the personality of Luke in each version. Because uh, his, his Legend 1 very was was very much that I don't want... I'm afraid of them turning to the dark side. He was very scared fearful. of screwing up. Yeah, so it made sense in Legends to why it took him so long. But I guess it also makes sense in this asp in canon and the way we've set up and ended Luke that, um, well, what he says, arrogance was the fall of the Jedi. And it, yep. he is portrayed sometimes, especially in the live actions, as a bit of an arrogant, oh. like, for, like, definitely trusting in the Force. Like, this arrogance doesn't come without, you know... I mean, very similar to his father, he's yeah. He's this legendary Jedi now who took on two Sith, killed them both. Oh, kind of killed them both. Basically, one he war. He survived two Sith lords, some of the most powerful ones. Survived the war. Did a lot of crazy stuff to win, help win the war. Yeah, I, I'd be pretty arrogant too. No, no, I, I fully agree. And knowing and like, you're the son of the chosen one, you can only imagine what your own force potential could be. Exactly. That's, so no, it makes makes sense that he was very arrogant in the movie. And I can agree that both versions, legends and canon, both make sense for his personalities. And they I'm, fit their specific timelines very well. They did it very well, and in um, at least in canon, though, I do that. Like a lot of people, the way they, I, a lot of people. We, we are going to go into his death and everything, right? I mean, I wasn't usually doing it because we see it in the movies. True, because uh, I just more... Well, in that case, I'll bring it up now. The way arguments I've had with a lot of people of them being like, he wouldn't have abandoned the Jedi. He wouldn't I mean, have if, if exiled that, himself. If you want to do that one, we could probably do that more after when we finish with the we see what's in the movies because we still got plenty of stuff before we even get to that point okay cool let's move on then um 
So Luke would spend the next many years with Lor Senteca, which is the old guy you see at the start of Force Awaken that Kylo talks to. So that's kind of why he's an important character at the beginning of that movie. Okay. Um, Senteca was old enough, actually, to remember the Jedi of the Republic and never believe the Emperor on the betrayal of the Jedi. Um, their travels would also take them all over the galaxy, including the ancient Sith homeworld Moraban, or in Legends, was called Korriban. So, kind of the same name. It kind of bugged me just because knowing what it was called, and I don't like change. <laughs> I mean, especially over something as stupid as just the name of a planet. Like, I'm just going to rename this planet for le- or from for canon. Like, why not just leave it the same? That, I admit, is something that has bothered me a lot in a lot of Disney's decisions with this, is them being like, none of it exists. And then the writers coming in and being like, dude, we have like a whole book on this shit. We're just going to copy this. And yeah, like, and as you see, as Disney is slowly working on projects, they're slowly being smart and bringing stuff back. Eh, I'd say the directors are more just uh, bringing shit back, and Disney's just like, this is really good. Yeah. We know. <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of where Sintaka got his slight importance in the movie. That um, explains it. Because honestly, if you're just going by movies, yeah. like, who, who is this dude? I don't know this dude. And he actually would take um, his nephew, Ben, on a lot of these trips with Sintaka, as they uh-huh. would. And I think I'd go through more later. I don't remember for sure. But that's also how... Kylo knew to go to Lor Santeca to try and find Luke because he knew they knew they he knew they had that connection that Santeca likely had an idea. Okay, that, or uh, that Luke would trust him with something. Kind of, it kind of sucks. But it also, <laughs> it also helps kind of explain the whole beginning to The Force Awakens. It, you know, with it that whole first scene. It completely does. And uh, as much as I want to complain about it. I don't know what I expect. Star Wars is just known for just kind of dropping you in the middle of like, what is happening? Yeah. Why is this? All their first movies literally do that. And all of them, literally the opening scenes are, why do we care? Like why? Cool. They're after this princess. Why are they after this princess? You'll find out. They didn't answer the question. Or even, why do we give a damn about these uh, trade route agreements? I feel like that one is the most... Obscure? Yeah. Just like, like uh, how do we start this movie? It's got to be another, you know, where they start with no reason, like all the others. How about a, tri- how about a ship trade agreement? Why would the Jedi be involved in orchestrating a ship trade agreement? I don't know. Corruption? Write some BS. We'll figure it out when we go. Just start filming. Uh, we got Liam Neeson? Cool. Let's... Give him a robe and let's do this. Yep. All right. Okay. Just had to get that off my chest. Uh, what do we got here? Luke would find uh, who, holocrons. Is that where we at? Yeah. Cool. Luke would find holocrons for uh, a former masters of the Jedi, such as librarian uh, Jacosta New. And the Jedi Master from High Republic, Era Avar Chris. <laughs> now you, well, they also now know where I got the name for my and the inspiration for my character in D and D. Yeah, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, it also just happens, you know. To be named. Yeah, very ironic name. <laughs> I just buy a point. Because honestly, the librarian, actually, I've read a lot about her story. She's, she's pretty beast. beastly. <laughs> like, she's actually, if, well, we, we may do one on Vader, so we'll talk about that later. Yep, yep, we can talk about that. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about, though. Um, Where she calls him out. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's straight. She almost gets him killed, too, in that moment. Yep. Luke would rescue Grogu in roughly nine ABY as seen in The Mandalorian TV show in the second season. Yeah, because I had to add that in. I mean, one, it's part of the canon, and two, because I mean, the show's popular and it's Grogu. It's Grogu. Who doesn't love Grogu? I love Grogu. That, that was one of the, honestly, my favorite scenes ever of Luke. Just watching him go ham on all the droids. Dude, right? He wrecks... I love and you how can much actually see in a lot of if you really watch the the fight scenes, you could see a lot of the similar moves that his dad used in his fights. 
you know, like blocking the bolts over his back. I think I actually his, the way he would swing the saber. I'm pretty sure I was on another spiral on YouTube one day, but I'm pretty sure I saw somebody construct like to show this the moves he uses and compare them to Darth Vader and yep. Anakin. I say, yeah, especially the the form that Anakin used while he was a Jedi. You see a lot of that in Luke in that fight scene, which was really cool seeing that he was still very similar to his dad. Which, and arguably when you think about it, that probably makes, would be one of the best moves to use on a bunch of droids. Because his father's techniques were kind, he was fighting droids all the time. Well, yeah, but he also used the same fighting style that his dad used. That was, that's where the biggest comparison is because they use the same style. So kind of obviously they're going to have the same moves. Oh yeah. It was just kind of cool to see some of the same things that you saw Anakin do in the movies. His son is doing years that, later in a TV show. That is a pretty nice nod. I like, I like, I like the callback. Yeah, that was my favorite part about that. That and just watching him wreck a bunch of droids. That was pretty <laughs> epic. That when he crushes the one, just boom. So roughly in 15 ABY, uh, he would actually start to teach his nephew Ben, um, though he would still be reluctant to take an apprentice after his sister. And we kind of see that whole thing in the movies about when he teaches his sister and she has her visions yep. um, during this time though he would also stupidly they would hide the truth of their family's connection to the dark side and his grandfather which I feel was a very bad idea as we saw with Ben when he became Kylo he became like obsessed with his grandfather yeah I, Yeah. That- there, there's a whole big thing I actually just re-watched the video we're talking about when the galaxy found out Vader was Anakin. He finds out his grandfather. Yeah, that's a lie. And he freaks yeah, they, out. They actually find that one out because of one of Leia's political rivals. And that's how she ends up not being a politician anymore and leading the resistance. Oh. Is the Galaxy One finds out Anakin was Vader and that Leia was his daughter. Oh, yeah. Which that's... is that's also kind of how Kylo found out. Yeah, it not wasn't a, through his family like okay. it should have been. Yeah, not a great way to find out that uh, <laughs> that'd be like if you, you were living in today's society and your grand and like your mom came up to you and was like, "Hey, by the way, Bucko, yeah, you're gonna find out here soon, but your grandfather was Hitler." So um, yeah, she, they didn't even have a chance to stop that. He found out before they could get back to him before that got out. Dude, how shitty would that be? You're just watching the news someday, and it's like. Hit Adolf Hitler was also found to be have several children of these last names, and you're like, wait, that's my mom's name. Ah, okay. sh- anyway, moving on. Okay, fifteen. Ben, is that where we at? Nope, highlighted. Highlighted. Uh, in nineteen ABY, Luke, Ben, and uh, Santaki, Santeca, Santeca would travel to a Jedi outpost from the High Republic uh, no from the High Republic area era era I'm gonna start this all over again <laughs> I'm butchering this okay in 19ABY Luke Ben and San Teca would travel to a Jedi outpost from the High Republic era in search of artifacts and would encounter the Knights of Ren for the first time Luke would proceed to defeat them without killing any of them. Yeah. He, from what I've seen of that comic, he, he did. He just kind of, he did what Vader did to him in Cloud City. He toyed with him. Oh, Because wow. at that point, Luke was very powerful. Yeah. And yeah, he didn't kill a single one of them. He just kind of danced around them and just toyed with them and messed with them. I mean, kind of makes and the leader um, at that time, Ren, because that was their whole thing with the Knights of Ren, is the leader was Ren. Oh. He saw what Luke did. He's like, nope, I'm out. And he left. He didn't even he didn't even engage Luke. He's like, no, we're not doing this. Damn. But that would also be the first time that they would kind of push the dark side ideas into Ben. Huh. Not a... Not a great display. No. As, uh, but it was some, there was some interaction <laughs> between Ren and uh, Ben 
that they talked there there was a lot more to this story but the essential of it was Luke beat them without killing any of them and just kind of toyed with them yeah it's not a great display <laughs> of the dark side right there at that point so you uh, want to join us no well, yeah I remember they weren't actually dark side users they were just other fighters but he kind of uh, toyed okay. with him with the idea of the dark side Okay, fair. Okay, to kind of give him the power he wanted. Okay, that kind of makes more sense. Because otherwise, I'm like, if those were your uh, people you're sending to promote the dark side, yeah, I would no. have... Uh, I don't think Kylo would switch sides that easy. He would later take on about a dozen apprentices in training at a temple that only the members of his order knew the location of. And, of course, R2 would also have the location because R2's a ride or die. Oh, yeah, he, he is the epitome of ride or die. Like, <laughs> damn. He, he knew everything. So, I mean, of course, R2 knew where this was. Oh, yeah. Because he knows where everything is. Literally shut himself down so nobody would find out, too. Yep. With mad respect to R2. He's a gangster. Um, so, it'd be in 28 ABY where Luke would make his last mistake of the New Jedi Order when he, even if only for the split second, thought about destroying his nephew which we all know would push Ben to destroying the temple and Luke's other students. Which, I think there was in the comics, there, it showed that he didn't kill three of them. Because hmm. they kind of all left together, but Kylo went and did his own thing because the others died of something else. But yeah, you know, he killed majority of the students and destroyed the temple, as we know and see in the movies. Oh. You know, all because, you know, the canon Luke, who... You know, saw the fleeting good invader, couldn't get over the fleeting evil in Kylo. Okay, I'm glad you said it because I wanted to argue with stuff, but I've been, I've been, I haven't been batting great this, uh, this episode on really on hitting people down. So I was just kind of like, is anybody, is anybody gonna take yeah, this? That, that uh, is one that I see online as they make comments and poke fun of that, and it's like it makes sense, like of someone who you see the darkest possible person and you won't kill them because of that fleeting bit of hope. Yeah. Why would you do that to your nephew on the tiny bit of, oh, hey, you you had an evil thought. Yeah. Also, like, come on, Luke, you had him too. Also, you know, the concept of Force Visions, which yeah, I don't know how much he knows about Force Visions. I'm pretty sure he's a master at this point. Maybe he's spoken to Luke or, I mean, yeah, spoken to... Um, Yoda and uh, Obi-Wan a bit more. Maybe even Darth Vader, for God's sake, since he's a Force ghost now. I mean, they, they did have talks with Vader, but it didn't seem like him and Yoda had a whole lot of talking. But maybe somebody mentioning, like, hey, boy, by the way, you're going to get, like, some crazy psychedelic visions on occasion. Yeah, don't, like, don't let those dictate major actions. I mean, but that also wasn't always a common ability either. No, but... Not a lot of Jedi actually experience those kind of visions. True, true, but I, I just feel like that would be something, you know, to mention. Like, hey, by the way... You gotta remember, these are also people who didn't mention anything about Force Lightning to Luke. I so. love that plot hole, by the way. It has been used comedically to great effect. It's actually kind of been explained a little bit, too. But we'll, we'll talk about that at a later time. Okay. If ever, actually. Okay. But uh, now would be the time for you to have your thing. Because at this point, we all know his story. Because at this point, there's really no difference from the movies. Because at oh. that point, he just kind of exiled himself. Okay. Yes, this is my problem. A lot of people, I've argued with a lot of people, they're like, oh, he wouldn't do that. He's, he's the unbendable hero. I'm like, unbendable? No, 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 no. He's the most bendable hero. He has fallen closer to the dark side more times than Clark Kent. And I'd like to mention, Clark Kent once drilled a hole through a child's head with his laser vision. So let's consider that as a round. He is corruptible. He's, but what makes Luke great is his ability to overcome that corruption. Is to stand up and realize his mistakes. And ultimately, him backing down and exiling himself was kind of, with what we have set up in just the movies, kind of makes sense. As unfortunately, with what they set up in canon, it fits his character. It does completely. Which still makes no sense. Because it's like, sure, it's one bad moment, 
he's been through dozens of others. Like, that's kind of, and we saw how bad of an idea it was with Kenobi and Yoda just to self exile. It doesn't really, doesn't really help fix anything. anything. It really, so it's like, doesn't. it's really not a good idea to do. But it makes sense, and I think the greatest thing he ever said was the Jedi destroyed themselves. Oh, which the they really did. The <laughs> ultimate mistake of the Jedi was their hubris, was them thinking they are right, they are great, everybody else can suck it. That's that's kind of all I just wanted to say is like I feel as though with the way the movies, all the movies have set it up, mm, what I wasn't that shocked by who Luke turned out to be in these in these uh, sequels. Uh, especially when you gotta think that he's kind of going off the example he was given by his masters, quote unquote. True. Is that you know you have one bad moment, you you self exile. Yeah, and that's kind of the way that he he learned from Obi Wan and Yoda. Also, so, I mean, I. I don't blame him in the context of what the movies show. Also, I feel like during this time, he would have dealt with a lot of self-reflection and depression because, like, this wasn't the entity of the Jedi Council messing up. This was his call. This was his decision. This was him believing the Force was telling him something, and he was self-fulfilling in that regard. Like, oh, yeah. he was right, but literally only because he did it. Yep. Like, sad, but uh, honestly, still a great, complex, multi dimensional character. And I think that's one of the things I appreciate about Luke. He's not just a Neo from the Matrix. He has wants, he has desires, he has second guesses. He, you know, defend. He's human. He's human. And that's what makes him great as a hero to me, at least. So, I mean, I know I'm a fan. What about you, Joker? I, I definitely prefer his Legends version. You know, more stories, better oh, personality. But I'm still a fan of both canon and Legends Luke. He was an awesome character. He was a great character. At this point, we all know how his story would continue from the movies. So, we're fans. For anyone that's still listening, if you got something out of this, enjoyed the episode, or even liked the character before from a movie, comic cartoon hell even that t-shirt that you saw one time you're a fan too if you want to jump on this train why not subscribe and share with a friend dick rail out y'all keep riding them rails